It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> All right, after a uh, successful week at the Working Man's Beach, Surf City, and a run of shows there, we are uh, back today in uh, P-Mania Network Control. Uh, Thanks for being with us uh, as we have uh, the T.O.T. Oh, no, we don't. We have the Patrick Johnson Show. We have T.O.T. in the morning. P.J. Show for you here on this uh, Monday, and uh, the Pirates had their first scrimmage. Over the weekend, we'll have a uh, jam-packed and action-filled pirate report, a deluxe pirate report for you coming up in just a few minutes. So stand by for that. Uh, we've also got uh, coming up, uh, we'll have the uh, uh, our old friend Joe Giglio. Joe with the uh, News and Observer for many years, uh, then with 99.9 The Fan for a couple of years. And uh, Joe is going to be uh, with us. Uh, we'll talk the latest about conference expansion. I got a, a, a text. It was a text of a tweet from one of my buddies down along the coast. And uh, it basically was uh, it's citing one of the sources we were citing recently. I, I don't know how right that guy is or if he's connected or anything like that. But basically uh, saying that now the Pac-12 uh, and Oliver Luck, their commissioner, are going to be in acquisition mode. Uh, to try to pull teams from the Mountain West and the American. I I don't see it at this point because there's no TV deal in place. If there were some kind of viable television uh, deal to be had or in place, I I think that there might be a little bit of uh, fire to that smoke. But I think this is just uh, maybe uh, some details and a fair amount of uh, educated observation and prediction, perhaps. Uh, that that might be, or educated guess, that might be what is uh, happening there. Not saying it won't happen, but I just, uh, you know, we determined earlier that the Americans out is $10 million to get out, but if you do not give 27 months notice, you have to negotiate it out. And I would think any of these schools that are trying to get out uh, in get into what would be the Pac-12 next year. We had the report uh, last week or the week before last for you about schools, including USF and Memphis and others uh, applying to get into that league. Uh, I just can't imagine, getting into the Pac-12, I just can't imagine that they would be trying to flee uh, this quickly because you know the American would charge a, uh, a bigger rate than the $10 million. It would be negotiated. It happened to be negotiated uh, nearly double it. I think eighteen or nineteen million for Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida to to get out and get into the uh, Big Twelve. Meantime, uh, so we'll talk to Joe Giglio about the, the conference expansion, where the Pac twelve goes, where the ACC uh, goes here, how much validity there was to what the ACC was doing, et cetera. Uh, the Little League Softball World Series national audience on ABC yesterday. And it ends up with New York being the champs. 5-2 was the final. As the uh, Pitt County Girls Softball League 12U All-Stars represented North Carolina. You know, they had come back in all the games. They lost to Hewitt, Texas in the very first game of the tournament. Their very first game of the tournament. 
and uh, they were able able to, to then get on a win streak. They'd fall behind, but they always had something at the end, including knocking off Hewitt uh, Saturday to get to that uh, final game. A lot of excitement. New York got out uh, four zip after uh, two, and that really was what uh, what did it. Uh, Pitt County never was really able to get anything uh, going. Uh, their manager is Brad uh, Metis, and uh, this is what he had to say after That first inning um, did not go well. We didn't capitalize and score anything in the top, and then made some mistakes in the second. Um, you know, in a big game, it uh, doesn't matter what game, what you're playing, you make mistakes. Good teams are going to capitalize, right? We made too many mistakes. Well, that was great, though, having uh, that group represent Eastern North Carolina and represent the entire state, but really represent Pitt County and Eastern North Carolina the way they did. Uh, great attendance yesterday. What a huge crowd. Looked fabulous on ABC. I know it was a hot one out there. Our own Mark Miller from uh, 107.9 was there uh, in the uh, in the stands. A lot of uh, ECU jungle fans, uh, people that normally inhabit, inhabit the jungle uh, were there cheering on the uh, Pitt County All-Stars who've made everybody proud. I think Henry's going to try to get him on uh, with him on Talk of the Town Friday. Don't know where that is yet in the process, but uh, they're going to work on that. Steven Igo came back today. He talked with Jim Zoki. We'll have Zoke on midweek. Uh, Zoke will be with us every week during the uh, football season here on the Patrick Johnson Show, as he's been for the last several years, interim voice of the Pirates, but also we'll talk Panthers, and uh, boy, do they look terrible on Saturday. I can't imagine that the offensive line, uh, the offensive line actually looked better last year than it did uh, this this game. I know it's the first game, and we overreact to everything when it comes to the NFL, but Boy, that was some uh, that was some ugly uh, some ugly football played by Carolina. There's nowhere to go but up here. All right, so last week at the uh, Rotary Club of Charlotte luncheon, Charlotte football coach, uh, the uh, one, the very one and only Biff Pogey. Biff Pogey was uh, at the event. That's it. That's it, Biff. That's what the Biff said about his sleeves. If you're with us on the video audience today, Biff showed up for the Rotary Club luncheon in Charlotte. You serious, in the great state In the great state of Mecklenburg, in the Tiffany Charlotte America, in some workout shorts, which I don't think, with Biff wearing them, that taxes the definition of workout shorts. With some, you know, athletic shorts again, taxes that definition when they're on Biff, and uh, a couple of, uh, well, sleeve. Let's just say a sleeveless shirt with uh, kind of a V-neck cut in. It says Charlotte Football, and you know, I'm, I'm sure not everybody there was in a suit and tie, but you probably had people there that were business casual. Two hundred Rotarians gathered. And uh, Poji uh, went out there looking like he had just got done mowing the lawn. <laughs> That's it. So uh, Biff Poji's a—he's look—he's a unique guy. He's a unique guy. What can you say? But uh, if you're driving home right now, go back and look at this on our Facebook or YouTube or uh, Twitter, and you can or X, whatever the hell it is now, and you, and you'll see Biff Poji who. Um. Yeah, I think you say underdress for the occasion would probably be the best way to put it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we will get to our pirate report because we got a lot of audio to get to, a lot of things to hear from. 
Uh, I do want to get to some of the John Gilbert audio in this, Clark, so stand by for that as well. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from Coach Houston and then uh, get as much uh, of his comments in from Saturday's scrimmage and today as possible. And then we'll try to get in some John Gilbert because he said a lot of interesting things. Joe Giglio to come uh, after the bottom of the hour. So it is a, a stacked and packed edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, welcome back. We've got the IBX Media app available for download now. Uh, in the App Store or uh, Google Play, uh, you can get any of our great uh, stations live streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. All you have to do is check out uh, your uh, – go to your, your smartphone or your tablet or your iPad and download uh, the uh, IBX Media app. And we are uh, streaming that 24-7, as I mentioned. Uh, no pre-roll commercials, so that's the good thing. It's absolutely free. It's not going to cost you anything. And uh, you can uh, hear this show and this station, the live stream 24-7, any of our IBX media stations, 107.9 WNCT. Also, uh, the uh, talk stations, Talk 103.7, Talk 96.3, our oldies property as well. I fully expect with uh, football coming up that we'll have a lot of Pirate fans downloading the IBX media our first summer just in a matter of months we've had over 3,000 downloads of the app so that's pretty remarkable and I would imagine as people get back into the mode of uh, non-vacation time and usual habits that's what they will be doing they'll be uh, jumping on an opportunity to uh, download that app and uh, listen to this show live or listen to it in podcast form you can watch it live on video or watch it in video podcast form Uh, it's all there so that is uh, that all right uh, this is uh, the uh, Pirate Report. Uh, Clark, go ahead and hit that, uh, if you don't mind, the Pirate Report open. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Coach Houston uh, from Saturday. We'll get through as much of these uh, as we can, but there was a lot of stuff said today that I think is a little more germane. In fact, let's go ahead and just skip ahead to that, Clark, if you don't mind. Uh, Let's go to cut 18. Let's do the John Gilbert stuff. Uh, This is a lot of interesting things that he talked about because they were, he talked about uh, updating the season ticket tallies, the Pirates Unite campaign, conference realignment, all kinds of stuff. So let's hear from John Gilbert. I think that's the more, uh, interesting current stuff here john gilbert talking about being excited for the upcoming pirate football season clearly excited about where we are uh, from a football program standpoint from a stability standpoint um, and then a roster standpoint obviously uh, we have depth in a lot of positions and so uh, excited about what's going to happen this fall uh, John Gilbert uh, speaking to the media today prior to uh, Coach Houston and the coordinators uh, following this morning's practice and uh, Coach Gilbert with an update on season tickets. Our season ticket number is uh, right at 14,500. Uh, our Pirate Club staff has been calling uh, all the people that have non-renewed, so we're, we're continuing uh, to beat that drum. I do think we can get over... 
uh, 15,000, which would be a really good number in our league. Uh, if you look nationally at schools like us, uh, the, the Pirates are definitely uh, in the upper third of, of where uh, our peers are as it relates to football season tickets, so need to continue uh, to push that. I think there will be a little bit of a stronger push uh, as we get to close to the finish line, but uh, you know, I, I think it was, was it sixteen thousand or fifteen thousand last year. Anyway, I, I, you know, I think you're going to wind up with very close, if not more than fifteen thousand season tickets sold. Uh, we will see, though. It, it's it's going to be a, a real push, I imagine. In fact, we're going to have some uh, some folks from the ticket office on tomorrow. Uh, with us in studio here on the PJ Show. All right, uh, ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, speaking to the media today. He also gave an update, uh, a fairly lengthy cut here, but uh, one full of good ener- uh, good information. And this is John Gilbert with an update on the Pirates Unite fundraising campaign. The Pirates Unite campaign is going really well. That was a $60 million uh, campaign. Uh, we've got $23 million raised in about 15 months. So... Uh, really encourage uh, what Ryan Robinson, our Pirate Club staff, has done uh, and our donor base. Um, just really pleased with where that is. You know, record-breaking numbers in 2022. Uh, our indoor building, uh, we're right around $15 million raised on that. Uh, I'd like to get to $20 million by December. Uh, I think ultimately that building is going to be somewhere between 22 and 25 million to construct so uh, pretty far down the path uh, with where that building is our baseball building uh, we've got about 4.4 million raised on what we're estimating is about a seven million dollar project we've got our team's building uh, expansion that we continue to look at to give more space for our olympic sports teams All right, uh, we continue on with our pirate report. Uh, More from uh, John Gilbert. And uh, this is uh, the ECU Director of Athletics talking about the upgrades to Minji's Coliseum. Our Minji's lighting, uh, for those of you that that experienced uh, Minji's uh, towards the end of uh, basketball season, we actually began work today uh, to replace our lights in Minji's. Those will be LED lights. Uh, so really encouraged and excited about atmosphere-wise what that'll bring. Obviously, we'll be able to do new colors and different things. And then in September, uh, we will install uh, new seats on the lower level north side. Those will be uh, chair-back retractable seats that will be located uh, behind the team benches. Uh, We're also going to make a walkway uh, from the bottom all the way to the top section. So you'll actually be able to go uh, from right behind the benches or the floor and walk up the middle uh, to go to restrooms, concessions, etc. And we do think that our uh, ebb and flow of foot traffic will change uh, with that. And I think it'll be a really nice addition, both for those individuals that sit there, but also I think when we do our ESPN Plus uh, streaming or it's on TV, uh, that's going to be a, a, a heightened uh, addition, it will certainly make the arena uh, a lot more presentable. Cool. Uh, and Sign, I'll be back on the calls for the men's games on Plus this year. Looking forward to that. Uh, John Gilbert on uh, conference realignment. Big, uh, 
hot topic here. We're going to talk to Joe Giglio about that in a little bit from the OG podcast. But uh, conference realignment, here's what John Gilbert had to say about it today. There's a lot going on in their collegiate athletics, and, and we're all reacting to it. You know, as it relates to our uh, realignment, uh, I'm on the phone with our conference office uh, weekly, uh, getting updates of where we are. Uh, certainly, as you look across the landscape, I don't think that realignment is going to stop for a while. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, continuous uh, f- for a good amount of time. And you know, I want to share everyone, uh, the Pirates are in a good place. All right. Um, I don't know if he elaborated after that. If he did, I'd love to hear it. But uh, that is, uh, that, that was that was interesting to hear. Um, I want to, well, let, let's do cut 23. It's not that long of a cut because the next two or three after that really kind of tie into that. Uh, cut we just heard about realignment I think better but let's let's hear what this is when he when Gilbert talks about being ahead of uh, I guess ECU's peers as far as tickets and viewership go I, I'm, I assume he's talking about other teams in the American and in the so-called uh, G5. We sell a lot of tickets uh, we have a lot of people come to our games uh, if you look at our ESPN and ESPN plus broadcast uh, we are uh, on the higher end uh, of our peers. And, and so, uh, we are doing a lot of good things. Okay. There you go. And, uh, I guess that might've been a continuation of what he said about the good things are happening. Here's, uh, John Gilbert talking about commissioner, Mike Oresco and the job he is doing and, uh, how he is doing as far as informing everyone on realignment. I do believe our commissioner has a, uh, good foothold of what's going in. Uh, the landscape of, of realignment and is keeping us abreast of, of where things are. You know, I, I've said it a bunch and, and will continue to say it. The, the more things that we can be the best version of ourselves, uh, the better we, uh, you know, look uh, fr- from an attractiveness standpoint and uh, the more revenue we create for ourselves uh, in the American athletic. All right. Um, more from uh, John Gilbert here when he was asked about the remaining Pac-12 teams joining the American potentially. Pretty lengthy cut here. What that could mean financially. When you look at realignment and, and you look what's gone on uh, going you know, back in time to like, you know, uh, I think about the SEC adding uh, Missouri and Texas A&M and then different leagues follow the finances are real like uh but i also think uh your your broadcasting partner uh they also have to um you know be willing to help fund those things and so it it really is uh complex when you look at realignment and then you also have exit fees and and i go back to you know the schools that that are no longer in our league uh, Connecticut, uh, Central Florida, uh, Houston, and Cincinnati, you know, they're, they're all paying significant fees uh, to, to leave the leagues. And, and in some benefit, in some regard, we're benefiting from that because, you know, our, our uh, reserve fund and, and the funds that, that we get from the American, those schools are all 
uh, paying in those exit fees that we're going to benefit financially from that. Uh, really interesting stuff here. Okay, uh, more from John Gilbert here when asked about the revenue tier system within conferences. In other words, this is uh, a deal where, for example, Washington and Oregon took less money to get into the Big Ten, where SMU was willing to take no money for five years. That's obviously the, the basement of tiers. Uh, if they were, if the ACC accepted them for, for five years, SMU wasn't going to get paid uh, a plug dime. A plug nickel, rather, or dime, for that matter. Um, all right, here it is. Uh, John Gilbert asked about that revenue tier system that, within the conference. This is what he said. Some of the conferences that have realigned, and you see the, the large talk uh, in the ACC about a, a, a tier distribution system, um, I, I think you have to look, you know, if you, if you look at, uh, one of the strongest leagues is the Southeastern Conference, and, and I spent 20-plus years in that league. That There is a consistent distribution model uh, in that league. Uh, now, some teams make more than others depending on uh, NCAA units and basketball and, and some other things, but, but by and large, the distribution's uh, pretty equal. I, I think from a positive standpoint, if you go to a tiered model, uh, depending on the league you're in, the tier model, if we do it on actual viewership, not your TV market, I feel pretty good about where the Pirates are because we do get a lot of people that watch our events. Okay, and uh, here is uh, Coach, or rather John Gilbert, a uh, little praise for the uh, Team Boneyard NIL Collective. As it relates to name, image, and likeness, we, we are fortunate. Uh, we have a, a collective in town, Boneyard Collective, uh, but we also have a lot of individuals uh, that are operating outside of the collective that are providing uh, name, image, and likeness opportunities for our student-athletes, uh, and that's you know been pretty broad-based. It, it is not limited to one sport. We have you know, student athletes from, you know, track and field to lacrosse to uh, women's basketball and then certainly football, men's basketball have, uh, you know, some name, image, and likeness opportunities. Okay, uh, let's roll on here. I want to get to as many of these Mike Houston cuts as possible. Uh, this was uh, Coach that was John Gilbert speaking to the media today on our Pirate Report. Here's Coach Houston. And uh, he was uh, talking about the scrimmage from Saturday, says uh, going into this week, which is the final week of the preseason camp, his team's going to, or rather the coaches are going to learn a lot about uh, the players and the players are going to learn a lot about themselves. Heck of a first scrimmage now. So the, uh, the Heat decided to come out this morning. It's probably the warmest practice we've had uh, during preseason camp. So it was pretty right. steamy out there on the hey, field. Hey, all right, stop, um, stop, the cut, stop the cut, stop the cut, all right. It was cut, uh, cut 28 is what I wanted there, uh, Clark. If Let me know when that's queued up. The, this is uh, the, what uh, he was talking about that today. So let me know when cut 28 is ready to go. Good to go. All right, let's cue uh, that one up and play it here in three, two, now. Coming off the weekend, uh, it's good to get back out to work. We're going to find out a lot about ourselves this week. Uh, we're really going to challenge them this week. You know, We need to take a significant step forward from scrimmage one to scrimmage two. Um, you know, the, the thing looking back at the film from the first scrimmage on Saturday is 
you know, they saw virtually every single situation game game like that you could see outside of two minute and overtime. I mean, we the ball was in every challenging situation, challenging down in distance. Um, you know, we threw everything at uh, you know the the offense from a defensive standpoint. We have a lot in with a lot of veteran guys, um, so it was a very very challenging first scrimmage, uh, which is good because you can grow a lot from that. I'd rather have it that way than for us to you know not have uh, that much thrown at us uh, on Saturday and you know not have uh, you know had all it take to teach off of and grow off of this week. So. Big week this week, you know, for the preparation of our team as we, you know, you know, this is, and this is the week, you know, this is the week of preseason camp. We find out a lot about each other. All right. Uh, and rolling on here, the next cut, uh, coach, after looking at the film, talked about who stood out in Saturday's scrimmage. I think, you know, offensively, you would say the running backs, you know, certainly stood out on Saturday. I thought you had some flashes from the offensive line. So that's really good things. Um, I think you had a couple of the skill kids on offense that flashed. Um, I mean, I think defensively up front, I mean, we looked like a, a really good bunch. I mean, we, we made a lot of plays. Uh, the guys were executing very well. Um, so really pleased with that. I mean, I think our two veteran safeties look like veteran safeties. And Siobhan Ravel looks like a guy. I mean, that's, and he, that's another one. that's worked his tail off since he's been here. But very pleased with uh, the performance of several guys. Now, consistency, play in and play out. You know, we had a couple of drives there on Saturday where we just flat didn't show up, you know, on one side of the ball or the other, and you just can't have that. You know, it's you can make whatever excuse you want to. It was hot. It was humid. You know, first script, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. you got to show up and play. All right. Uh, and uh, Coach talked about the quarterback play from Saturday after looking at the film. You know, they all had one, you know, so it's not like, you know, one guy had four. You know, they all had one. Um, each one's different, you know, each one, you know, you got to read the coverage pre-snap or not take a chance, you know, putting a ball where you don't need to put it or, you know, you got to do, do a better job with our protection, whatever it is, but each one was a little bit different. Uh, I think the positive of, of that is I thought we did some really good things defensively, forcing some turnovers. You know, we had a couple of great strips. Uh, I thought we did a good job disguising our coverage uh, yeah, on, uh, on one of the interceptions. So you got positives on it, but uh, – you know, certainly each one of those situations is one that they can all they can all grow from. Coach uh, Houston, Attic special teams will be a big focus of uh, practice this week. This coming Saturday, I really want to have as close as we can get to our two deep guys that we think are going to play in the open on special teams. Those guys are the ones taking those reps against really good looks, and so I really want to test us this week from a uh, from a special team standpoint. All right, uh, more from uh, Mike Houston, and he uh, talked about how the uh, newer faces in the program are getting acclimated to ECU football. I think it depends on the kid. You know, and they all come from different places, and they all have different backgrounds. I think some have acclimated very, very well. I think some are still trying to find their, you know, their traction. Um, but I think it's, you know, that's the one thing, that's, and, and the good thing the older kids in this program understand is, you know, there's a, there's a standard, and you know, they're going to hold everybody to it. You know, it's it's really that's that's a little bit of a relief. Uh, you know, that it's it's not just my voice, it's not just the other coaches' voices. You have you know leaders like Rajay, you know, out there, and, and he's echoing the right things to the group, and so uh, you know they'll come along. So, uh, but you know, guys that don't, they'll be sitting at home watching watching us play on TV.
Well, there you go. Uh, more from Coach Houston talking about uh, kind of uh, elaborating on that. Scoring well, right now, the depth chart is very fluid. Uh, it'll be part of my talk this afternoon to the team when we meet at 4 o'clock. You know, they, they are going to decide what the depth chart is. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know, ones and twos, I don't even know what that is anymore. You know, we're going to play so many guys, you know, on both sides of the ball on game day. But, you know, what you do on that practice field, what you put on tape, you know, that's you're earning your snaps. And so it kind of goes back to what I said just a few minutes ago. Nothing's going to be given to anybody. You're going to earn, you know, where you fall in that pecking order. And uh, last thing here, this will wrap up our Pirate Report for today. We'll have plenty of audio to get to tomorrow uh, and Thursday and uh, and what have you, or Wednesday. And uh, this is uh, Coach Houston on which freshman impressed him this week. Javius was with us in the spring, so you know he's got a pretty you know pretty substantial step up on the the other freshmen, um, and he's you know he he is he's had a very good preseason camp. Now it's you know you're in the you're in the grind right now, and so that'll be the challenge for him this week. But obviously he did some pretty pretty impressive things on Saturday. Um, you know Malik has been you know very good since he's been here. He is going to be a very good player for us in time. Um, you know not sure he's ready to play you know this year. Uh, but he is going to be a name that our fans know. All right, that'll do it for today's Pirate Report. Ah, Arg, I love it, the uh, the, the video art, if you're uh, with us there. That pirate looks like he may have seen better days. Perhaps his peg leg itches, who knows. All right, uh, th- that will come on. That was pretty good. All right, we will grab a break, and when we come Oh, I know one other thing I wanted to mention. Hang on, we go to break. Um, ECU soccer in the preseason poll were picked fourth behind Florida Atlantic in the East division. Uh, so, uh, that, uh, came out today and body BB, uh, here it is. Uh, the comprehensive campaign, East Carolina university is, uh, painting the pursue gold campaign purple as a gift supporting the Jeff. Charles Scholarship Fund have taken the comprehensive campaign over its $500 million goal five months ahead of the campaign's close. Pirate Nation raised $503.7 million in ECU continue to accept contributions through the official end date in December. Gifts and ticket sales for a fundraiser they're doing a, a raffle and football kickoff event for Jeff Charles' $25,000 endowment that carried the campaign past the goal. Uh, and, uh, so the endowed scholarship now for Jeff Charles, uh, in the ECU school of communication. And, uh, I think that is a, uh, a good deal there. Uh, happy to, to report that, uh, because it honors, uh, Jeff. All right. Uh, we'll take a timeout now. And when we get back, uh, Joe Giglio from the OG podcast will be on with us. Looking forward to talking with Joe. And uh, we'll get him on the line. We'll talk uh, some conference realignment, where everything is. We heard John Gilbert's comments just moments ago. Now uh, let's get Joe's analysis of everything going on. Joe Giglio on the other side on the Monday Patrick Johnson Show. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This morning, I mean early this morning, when I was down getting coffee for the first time, uh, my buddy from Moorhead City, the Mad Hatter of Moorhead City, texted me 
uh, and uh, it was a text of a tweet that says the Pac-12 is now going to make it moves to expand, and Oliver Luck's going to lead this whole thing. It's been the talk of uh, the last couple weeks of college sports. Joe Giglio is with us from the OG podcast, available wherever you download your podcasts. The great Joe Giglio on the Patrick Johnson Show yet again. Uh, Joe, how are you, my friend? I am awesome. I appreciate you having me on, Patrick. I'm, I'm getting ready to get to Greenville on yeah. Wednesday. I got a pirate, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to some few more trips to uh, ECU this fall. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm. Uh, I'm is your son excited? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you be? I mean, you know, Joe. The, year, the first night I was there, I was very <laughs> unsure. I was very unsure, and then the second night I was there, um, the 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 fellows who were a little older in the uh, in the suite kept me out all night. And there I was, you go. And I was hooked ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think fun's going to be a problem. So yeah. It's, forward to it. it's a, happy it, for him. You know, happy for him, too, and, and he'll realize this. You can do something every night if you want to, and if you do something every night, you won't be there to do anything any night. So That's right. That's right. That's, pace yourself. Yeah, you got to. Make and choose your spot. Got to pace yourself. <laughs> so we, we talked about um, the Pac-12, which is going to be the pack four, I guess. Uh, would you have any confidence? Well, me, which commissioner do you have more confidence in? Jim Phillips or the commissioner of the pack 12 luck? Well, I think you have to have more confidence in Jim Phillips at this point. Oliver Luck also left like a, he had a couple of really good different jobs. And one of them was to go, he left a couple of them to go uh, run a defunct professional spring league, which yeah. is never a good idea. No. Um, I'm not going to pass the hat for him because I'm, I'm sure he's fine. Like, he doesn't have to sell ads for a podcast the way that I do. Um, but I'd also like to think I've made better decisions than to be like, hey, let's, let me put all my chips in a spring league that I can't even remember which one it was. Uh, so, no, uh, for all of Jim Phillips' fault, he hasn't left a, a plum NCAA or a 12 or AD job to, to go run a uh, – remind me we're on the FCC here, my friend um, – <laughs> to go run a crappy football league. So, yeah, that's an easy call for me right now. Okay. Um, I mean, the, 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 the tweet I got basically from my friend was reading that the, the, they're going to be in expansion mode, which they'd have to be in some kind of mode to expand – and that they're going to target Mountain West and American schools. But don't you have to have kind of a TV deal to really make this uh, attractive and stay in that P5 area? Yeah, they've, they've really dropped the ball in the back 12 and they've misplayed their hand poorly. And I don't see how those schools that are still there recover. Uh, obviously, the brand is familiar uh, but it's obviously not strong because, in my opinion, once USC and UCLA left the league, the league was done. Uh-huh. Those were their yeah. linchpins. Yeah. I have to give credit to the Big 12 for losing their two brand names and reconfiguring themselves in such a way that they are at least in a position here 
to be competitive over the next five to six years. Uh, what happens after that, I'm not sure. I think ultimately we're going to two Super Leagues or one Super League. And I, I hope football breaks off from the NCAA structure. I, I think that is the way to do it. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how that ends up playing out. Let's, let's run with that. So let's say that football does break off. Have they left basketball in such a mess that it cannot recover? Or do we just kind of go back to the way things were with everything else? Yeah, I think the thing with basketball is the one thing the NCAA does really well is, is run an NCAA tournament. Right. Uh, and that's in all sports, but it's it particularly to basketball. So I have confidence that they can get the right television deal for that. I have confidence that they can continue uh, to be viable in that, even with all of their other faults. You know, the big challenge is going to be how do you sustain those programs that aren't at the, the highest level? And at what point do a lot of those schools realize that, yes, money does help, but it's not everything. Uh, and that's the argument I've been having with Florida State fans through social media and through the podcast. They're, they just don't seem to realize that they spend more money than anybody else in the ACC. And they're think at their current rate, they're not competitive. And that's not because of their money. It's because they've kind of lost their corners to Georgia and Alabama. And how do you get your corners back? Well, you got to be better. And I don't think whining is the answer. Right. And I think that's one thing I will say for uh, some of the other members of the ACC that I've seen. And maybe behind the scenes, and I, I know behind the scenes there have been complaints, but Florida State seems to be the only one willing to to air their grievances in such a way that it really does seem to me like they're complaining about something that they can't control. And also, by the way, it was a contract that they agreed to. Right. Um, so I have some. I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. Uh, we're talking to Joe Gillio. He is uh, one half of the OG podcast. He and Joe Ovius now uh, with their podcast available wherever you. Uh, Download your favorite podcast, and uh, it has been uh, running strong here for several months, and it's about to uh, really hit some prime uh, some prime time as they go into uh, college football season. With the ACC, uh, and I figured when I heard, hey, there are four schools that are definitive no's against the uh, expansion, especially the Pac-12 and SMU, and I figured Florida State and Clemson would be would be two of them. Uh, I guess it's been reported by ESPN that NC State and UNC were the other two. But why did everybody else think this was a good idea, regardless of which four it were? Or maybe that's the reason yeah. why they didn't think it was a good idea. I mean, wh- why would the other 11 members believe this was a good idea? Yeah, you got to remember that the people who make decisions at the college level, aren't the coaches. It's not even the athletic directors. It's the school president. And we had a great conversation with Holden Thorpe, former chancellor over at UNC, about what everything that happened in in 2012. And this mindset of presidents and chancellors that they really think academics matter. And when it comes to athletics, they really don't. But these presidents want to be in the same room as a Stanford, as a Cal, as a Duke, 
as a Wake Forest. And, you know, for all those years, they held their nose at, at a West Virginia, at a Louisville, at an App State, at an ECU. And those schools I just mentioned are the ones who care about their football culture. And does it really matter that, you know, you're, you're, are you a member of this American Association of Universities? Uh, it shouldn't matter. Um, or whatever your U.S. World Report ranking is, obviously it shouldn't matter. What does that have to do with a successful football program? Right. But that's not how these chancellors and these presidents think. They think, well, we're, we're at academic institutions. And this is how we're going to associate ourselves. And this is how people are going to judge us. And the truth of the matter is they're completely disconnected from reality. They're the least equipped people to have the conversations and to make those decisions. And yet somehow they are the same people making those decisions. Did Was, was it just too hasty or, or is there some fault here for not selling the vision by Jim Phillips? Or is there fault for not being ready to pounce on other members of the the Pac-12 that ended up in the Big 12, let's say. Yeah, I did not think any of the schools that ended up leaving this round had any value. Obviously, USC and UCLA do from a television perspective. Right. But right. you got to remember, Patrick, there's, there's no such thing as conferences anymore. It's just properties that Fox and ESPN run. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten is because that's Fox is based in Los Angeles, and they wanted USC and UCLA in the Big Ten so that they could go outside and, and watch Ohio State and Michigan come to Los Angeles and not have to travel across the country to go see them play. You know, these are decisions made by television now. So Fox and ESPN, this isn't about even really uh, what anybody really wants. <laughs> right. Because they've, they've, they've prostituted themselves too. Those television entities, but I, I did not think any of those available scraps were worth adding to the plate because when you add, then you have to add to carry, you know, to raise all of the water for all of the boats. And, and right. quite frankly, I don't think Oregon and Washington do that, and they took a cut rate uh, from the Big Ten just in order to have a life raft. And I think. What the Big Ten did there was to try to appease, you know, some of the blowback for, wait a second, you're sending these California schools to Rutgers and Maryland right. and Penn State and, right. and Michigan under the guise of, of what? Other than you've completely, you know, I'll, I'll stick to prostitute, prostituting themselves because that feels like it's FCC friendly for your airwaves. But, <laughs> but for what? Like you yeah. told yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no. You sold yourself. Absolutely. There's no way around it. Well, to to me, yeah, they took a cut rate at Oregon and Washington, but nothing like the bath SMU was willing to take. For uh, (laughs) SMU was like, yeah, just let me in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, guys, uh, just let us in. Um, So what what happens with that league now? I mean, what what ultimately happens with those four schools in your mind? Uh, Because they're really the only – they and Notre Dame are really the only uh, free agents, if you if you will, out there in this sweepstakes. And we know Notre Dame right now is not going anywhere. Yeah, I, they have such an amazing, um, at Stanford in particular, has such an amazing athletic program. They would be smart to join the West Coast Conference in all of those sports and compete and play a regional schedule, which I, in my opinion, everyone should do. 
and then play a football schedule that is independent and they could play Cal. They could play those, uh, obviously the three teams that they know. Right. And Notre Dame's going to be on their schedule. So there's four games and now you got to find yourself eight other games, which I'm, I'm sure they're, they'd be fine willing. If you've ever been to Palo Alto, I mean, give me a break. It's, um, the only time I've ever covered a game, and I said to myself, if they had offered me a job, I would move here. This is where I would, this is where I would move to. Ah. Uh, the only time in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. of course, you'd have to pay to live there. Right. <laughs> which, becomes, yes. which becomes problematic. Um, so, you know, I think they'd be just fine. And again, I, I think the rest of their athletic department will be just fine. Because, uh, you know, it's funny, we, we had this talk on, on the OG podcast, and that was people don't understand in, in the non-revenue sports, most of those athletes are outstanding students. And most outstanding students want to go to really good schools. That's why you see Carolina. That's why you see Duke. That's why you see Virginia. That's why you see Wake Forest have success in those other sports the way that they do. And if you think about Stanford, where they are um, in California, they pretty much have everyone who doesn't want to go to an Ivy League or doesn't want to go to the East Coast. You know, they get their pick of all of those athletes. And all of those athletes aren't there to, to compete in the Pac-12. They're there to live in the best spot in the whole country and to win championships, which they regularly do, and I believe will still regularly do, even if they're in the West Coast Conference. Because so what? They're playing Pepperdine. Uh, getting back to my point about the NCAA, the only thing that they, they, they do well, they run a national tournament in all sports really well yeah and stanford is going to still be in that tournament every year in, in every sport other than the two main revenue sports so what do the other three do I mean, it's tougher for them I, I could see oregon state and washington state joining the mountain west um I, I think that would make sense for them cal is the worst run athletic department in the country and think about anyone, how much ground that covers it covers a lot um and I think if they were smart, they would punt and they'd pull, a, you know, one of these schools from the 1930s and 40s who decided they didn't want to compete anymore and go to Division Two. Wow. Um, I think that would be – I'm serious. I think they would be better off. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how you could be that poorly run and now lose your lifeline and what for what. Again, for what? Like, is Cal going to be less of a school if they don't have a football team? No. I mean, their football team and their men's basketball team are an utter and total complete joke right now. Right. And, you know. Well, again, they, and they could run what? at the D2 level. and Sure. Go compete against, you know, Panoma State or Sonoma State or <laughs> right. whatever you want to do. Go or, do it. Or one of the know. Nomas. Exactly. Uh, Joe Gil- Noma. <laughs> Joe Chilio. <laughs> Uh, from the OG podcast. All right. Uh, hey, good luck on good. Well, one other thing for you go. Uh, for, yeah. for But why was Notre Dame so hell bent on Stanford and Cal? Was this any way a precursor for them to join the ACC or no? No. Okay. No, that was them being like, hey, these are these, these you know, Stanford in particular, great private school and, you know, this was their chance to say, "Hey, let's let's save Stanford," as what Swarbrick, I think, said. Jack Swarbrick. So, you got me, Patrick. I don't know the name is on its own island. They do whatever they want to do. Uh, 
All right. Hey, uh, good luck on Wednesday, Joe, and uh, continued success with the podcast. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Actually, be up there on Saturday for media day, so hopefully I'll see you. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you then. We'll be doing a show from there, so we might we might pull you over then to talk. So just be ready. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Thank Joe. You, we'll see you then. Yep. We'll wrap things up right after this on the Patrick Johnson Show. My daughter Ava has three. All right, uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, thanks to Clark Willis today and uh, Jerem as well, new intern candidate. And uh, thanks to Joe Giglio. Run it over again. I'm sorry, Dylan. It's too much to get to today. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Tell you about ECU uh, ticket sales for the football season, how you can be a part of that. And, and... Mully, it's a Mully Tuesday. Mike Mullis will be in the studio with us tomorrow. See you then and in the morning on Talk of the Town, 7 o'clock, 1037 96.3. Back here, 5 o'clock tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show.